I bet if we dig into the the credits of the show, there's there's a lizard wrangler and a lizard <laughs> trainer, and like this lizard is part of like a trained. I'm not kidding. That there that lizard was definitely more than just a lizard yeah. in a box. It, it's a trained lizard, and he there were two in. two people on staff who were in charge of that lizard. He has his own agent. He's actually part of a of a lizard union, a union of like reptilian actors. Welcome to Death Watch, the Star Wars podcast from a galaxy not so far, far away. I'm Mike Bennett. And I'm Chris Cole. And today we'll be talking about the second episode of The Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 2, The Tribes of Tatooine. Uh, Chris, I realized last week we forgot to do our little director, writer uh, yeah. thing at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I didn't even like think about it, but this series is also created and written by John Favreau the same wow. way that the Mandalorian is. Wow. You know, what a shocker. Always, I know <laughs> we, we, we always talk about our boy Dave Filoni. Um, he is involved with the project, but mm-hmm. this is another tried and true Favreau, Favreau machination. I think um, there's only like one episode in which Favreau does not write. I'm not sure which one it is. Um, but I had heard that he's like 90, 95% writing the, uh, the the Boba Fett series. Yeah, there's like a writer credit for somebody else. I didn't write his name down uh, on IMDb. He's not, it says he's, he's like a staff Favreau, writer. So it's not, yeah. he's not important. Yeah. Well, it's like a, a typical show has a writer's room of like 10 other people writing with the main writer person who fill in scripts for side characters and things yeah. or pitch ideas. Um, and obviously this guy's idea came up. So he he, got a, he gets a partial credit. He gets a nod um, from the man himself. And then this episode was directed by Steph Green, uh, I'm unfamiliar with her work in general. She, she directed some like kind of superhero type shows, The Watchmen, The Americans. They're kind of like uh, action sequence type things, which you know comes out in in the course of this episode. Uh, so great team, great writing, and uh, let's move forward with the episode. So we we left our 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 group. Um, Fennec was. She captured that one uh, putty patrol guy, um, played by Paul Darnell. He's a stunt actor. He's in some of the Mandalorian episodes, um, and she brings him back. The what, what was the group that he's a part of? The the Order of the Night Wind. The Order of the Night Wind. Yeah, we only find that out later. We only find that out in this episode. Yeah, uh, but he is the only one that was left alive, uh, as per Boba's orders. Yeah, and so. Fennec has to walk back to the palace. I, I don't get why. I really don't understand. They did this huge flyover of what Jabba... So we've always had a flyover over Jabba's palace, but you know what I've never seen in any of the movies? A parking lot? Yeah, or like even like a nice a little like drop-off, yeah. you know, courtyard. Like a, like a little porticochere, you know, where's yeah, the valet? Exactly. I don't understand. It, they don't even have like Uber speeders in, in Tatooine, given how expensive it is, just like, just drop me off from the front door. Five stars, please. Thanks. Yeah. I wonder what Uber Black is. It's like the, 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 the sand crawler. Exactly. <laughs> it's just, it's just a really like tripped out, uh, sand crawler with like, it's like a big base. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, so they, we get in, we finally get inside the, the palace and, uh, they're grilling him that this, this assassin, uh, in in the in the like the main chamber, and um, he's like not talking, and she, they make this joke about he oh he's a member of the Order of the Night Wind, and Fennec was she's like oh they're overpriced. <laughs> Herself being a master assassin seems like she's qualified to make this critique in general, yeah. um, and uh, they're, you're they're just like, paying for the label. <laughs> they're like the supreme of assassins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, you're, you're not getting a whole lot more than anyone else. You're just paying for the label. Yeah. Uh, so there's, you know, there's something important to learn from that lesson, but, um, they, uh, he won't speak. So they finally threatened him with the rancor, which I loved the nod to that. Uh, as soon as they said that, I was like, well, he's dead, right? We watched Luke <laughs> kill him in Return of the Jedi. Uh, so we know that, uh, did, our, our did, boy, the assassin doesn't know that. Well, I was sort of like, oh, did they find another one? But uh, no, that's not what they happened. Had a, they had a spare Rancor in the back. You never know, man. <laughs> these are, you know, these are like, 
illegal gangster people. I'm sure they could have found one in no time. <laughs> uh, so he falls in the pit. He's getting like he feels like he's about to die. He turns and tells him that he was hired by the mayor. Um, and and then uh, nothing happens. There is no rancor. And then there's this moment. It feels like the sequence in Monty Python and the Holy Grail when it, uh, Tim, the the wizard, is like, he's a terrible beast. And then the little – yeah. <laughs> And the rabbit hops – he's a little hopping around like a little innocent. The little rat kind of crawls out from behind the, the cave. Where? Fear. What, behind the rabbit? It is the rabbit. You silly sod. What? You got us all worked up. Well, that's no ordinary rabbit. That's the most foul, cruel and bad-tempered rodent you ever set eyes on. That rabbit's got a vicious street a mile wide. It's a killer. That's great. The Peace of Carbonag. Uh, I don't know if if in that wall there's like, the you know, when the, the scribe is writing, is like, and you got to go to the castle of... Ah! Oh, <laughs> Do you think he just wrote ah as he was dying? <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, and then we cut to our the cool music, the, the credits. Um, I'm, I'm definitely vibing on this music. It's very cool. Um, but... Uh, we we get the the music. We cut back to another cool flyover of the city. We get to see a little bit more of that like plateau part of the city on the upper part. Uh, you see a little plaza. There's a lot of activity. We see people in this sequence because we're a little bit closer, at least to that upper level. Again, cool. Like from an architectural standpoint, uh, great to see it. Um, and we come back to that same street where we were in the last episode because you can recognize the, the city hall building. And uh, I was going to make a Tenacious D reference here, but we realized we couldn't clip the song because there's no clean part of the song that's long enough for you to get a sense of it. But um, the the building has those like uh, tall vertical marks in the middle, like uh, clearly windows that lead into the, the room in the back. Um, and they, so, and they, they walk in and we're, we get this like, um, clearly they're experiencing the same kind of hiring shortages that we are <laughs> in our galaxy because they th- this person is not a great <laughs> employee. They're not giving no. great customer service. Uh, sorry, do you have an appointment? And <laughs> again, I feel like I and, wish... And the, the fact that he goes, Boba Fett. I'm Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. I'm here to see the mayor. Boba Fett. Hold on. Um... Do you have an appointment? I found one of his stray pets. I'm here to return it to its master. Well, I don't see your name in the schedule, so you'll have to. Uh, He's like going through like this virtual checklist. I'm like, I don't, I don't see a. Is that with two T's? You're one right. T. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I love the like. I, Everyone we've met who works for the mayor so far is like extremely sarcastic. The guy, the Twi'lek who we met in the last week, and he shows up in this moment here. But like they're all, they have this like sarcastic tone to their voice, and we see the mayor in a second. He's a Ithorian. Um, that that species is first seen like in the cantina scene in 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 uh, A New Hope. That like long, slender, curved like head snout thing. They speak out of the sides of their mouth, but it's like a mumbled garbled muffled version yeah. of uh like the charlie brown adults <laughs> from peanuts <laughs> yeah and i i would love to if to figure out what sarcasm sounds like in the authorian muffled grunts it'd be fun i, th- I think we heard plenty of it the yeah. uh the Athorian was actually played by uh, director and executive producer Robert Rodriguez. Um, oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. And and I also just learned that the same Trandoshan that we saw in the beginning of the previous episode, the one where Boba says, I used to work for that guy, was also portrayed by Robert Rodriguez. So I'm starting to notice a theme here where he's not only involved as a uh, a maker for the project, but he really wants, he he's really wants super some fan. sort of, he's a super fan. He really wants his, his camera time, even if it doesn't involve being FaceTime. I That's think cool. it's a fun job to have. Yeah. 
Uh, so there's this like tense moment in uh, the chamber of the mayor. Boba kind of comes around the desk and just lets himself in. And um, it, it, the mayor is not at all intimidated. He's like he's sitting in his own position of power, which we get from the last episode when the guy's being super sarcastic. He's like, uh, you know, this isn't going to go the way you want it to. Um, he's not scared of Boba at all. No. Um, they they kill the putty patrol guy because they're saying they're not allowed to work in uh, outside of hut controlled space. So they kill him right away, which yeah. again brings everybody tense again. Yeah, it's pretty convenient that you know they first they know who he was, and they know that he's not supposed to operate outside of hut space, which Tatooine previously was. So I don't understand. It gets a little murky in terms of the territory. Yeah, that's uh, what didn't make sense to me because yeah. the, the next part, like this next scene, transitions to like him going to the, the cantina, and he learns that Jabba's cousins are who are also huts, obviously have made a claim. Which, in that case, if he's like, if he's not recognizing Boba's rule, is he recognizing the the claim from the huts, and it's still hut controlled space? Yeah, it, uh, it didn't quite track for me, but yeah, clearly the mayor knows more than he's leading on. And uh, that whole conversation was so tense in terms of like it was a it was a power play, like yeah. Athorian has more cards than he's showing, uh, but how uh, he plays into this overall scheme we we have yet to see. Yep. Um, so like I said, they they leave the mayor. He kind of gives us cryptic like you need to go to the cantina and and figure out what's going on. And he walks in, and we see the same woman who who runs the. The, the cantina from last week and she's like clearly very tense even what does Boba say he's like you um, you're sweating more than a, what was the type of a, creature a, a gamta a yeah gamta on, on Mustafar on Mustafar I don't know I, I tried looking up I have no one knows what a gamta is I think this is like the first time they've mentioned it I haven't heard of it before but I but you know given the context we all know Mustafar is that lava planet in which right Anakin becomes Vader and etc. So, spoiler yeah, alert. Yeah, hot. Yeah, it's pretty hot. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's like, why don't you take a seat at the bar? Which, again, is not something you say to, like, the guy who's running this whole area, the crime lord. Mm-hmm. Because, she, like, there's... And she says, why don't you sit there while we sort this out? What, like, it's we like, clear a table. What like, are we sorting out? Yeah. I was here yesterday. We were all good. Um, what's the problem now? And then... Like the whole cantina goes quiet to the, like the sound of the thumping drum. Yeah. Sounds like Jurassic Park when you, like when you can hear the T Rex coming when they're thumping. I'm, the I'm disappointed they didn't cue to someone's like drink of glass, like a glass of water, and you can yeah. see the ripples and the a little death stick on the on the counter that just starts to jump, shift, and roll. Yeah, it'd <laughs> be great. Um, Boba walks outside, and around the corner comes. A whole bunch of just poor souls who are carrying the litter of not one but two huts. Wow! It is just painful to watch. Um, yeah, you the actors do a great job of like um, struggling. You know, yeah, they're like they're clearly like weight, they're not. Balance. They don't feel good. Yeah, yeah. I I wonder how when they filmed this scene, did they they had to use like real weight? Like those, I think those actors were actually struggling to That's hold a good point. something up because their their expression seemed very real. It seemed like it was hard to fake. Yeah. And this whole like this whole sequence, it's like two minutes long of them like slowly coming around the corner. They walk up in a procession to where Boba's just standing outside. Yeah. Uh it it takes a while to get there. And then when they stop, we get a look at this uh awesome like Wookiee bounty hunter warrior dude. Yeah. Um, Chris, I know you yeah. looked a little bit more into him. We thought we th- initially we thought it was one guy. Uh, I'm, but when I saw him, like I recognized him because he was in. We've seen him in the comics. I'm I'm probably going to butcher his name, but his name is Black uh, Kersentan, I think it is. Uh, but he's he's had other nicknames. But anybody anyway, he's kind of like an evil Chewbacca. If 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 Chewbacca was like lawful good, this guy is like chaotic evil, and um, he was enslaved. He was a fierce gladiator. Um, evidently, at one point, he was also 
one of Jabba the Hutt's best bounty hunters next to Boba Fett. And uh, they were both contracted by Darth Vader to go on uh, parallel but separate hunts. Boba being sent to look for Luke Skywalker and uh, Black Kirsten sent... This, this dude, anti-Chewbacca, anti chew is what I'm going to call him. Uh, he... Crunchy. Uh, crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so Crunchy is, go, is sent to go find some sort of uh, agent of the em- emperor uh, who has some secrets, but anyway. Um, but the, the thing is, is that he, in the, neither in the subtitles nor in the credits, he's not mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, if you know, you know. Yeah, he's so, got like these like gold pauldrons with spikes on them. Yeah, uh, which are because you're referring to the Doctor Afra com- comics, yes. right? Like yeah. his look is like it's iconic and unmistakable. It's not in it, yeah. and those are like canon. It's not even like this guy looks like a guy that was in Legends from thirty years ago. It's like a comic from last year type yeah. deal. Like it's which is which is which is based on a character from before in Legends. Sure, and um, the fact that. Boba mentions that you know I'm not I'm not some gladiator who escaped by uh, bypassing a sleeping Trandoshan. The fact that he mentioned that he's a gladiator mm. kind of confirms that this is the same guy that we're talking about. So this is pretty interesting to see. Yeah, uh, well, and Wookies are like almost across the board super. Um, they're respectable. They 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 don't do something like this. Um, so the fact that he's a bounty hunter who, you know, it's just very, very unusual. The, so. uh, the thing we have to remember is that this is post-galactic uh, empire. And in the empire, all Wookiees were enslaved. But this guy right. was such a BA that he uh, fought and won his uh, freedom. Mm-hmm. And he was considered like his own master, I think. Oh yeah, the empire changed his like his status, his record, so to that no say one that... would mess with him. Yeah, yeah. The fact he that was... Vader, yeah, and the fact that Vader himself actually like, you know, worked with this guy, uh, says something about his uh, his reputation. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, he steps back. There's a little kind of a tête-à-tête back and forth between Boba and the Huts. They they clearly are. Uh, trying to step in and claim their deceased relative's estate. Let's let's call it that way. Which yes. this is a great like reminder. Any good family would. You should definitely have a will mm-hmm. ready to go in case yeah. y- your untimely demise on a desert barge by a half-clothed princess. You definitely you want to know, you know, who's going to take over your crime. Your crime syndicate, yeah. and then also make sure you have a good directive, uh, a power of attorney, mm. you know, good legal representation. And I think it. I just appreciate that, even in Star Wars, all crime bosses, you know, they have all their papers, you know, at the ready. Yeah, um, it's like they all learn from Earth history, Al Capone. They're like, no, no, we got to make sure that everything is is written down and in order. Yeah, so they literally like have the guy come out and he shows him. He shows like, him the receipts. I have the pay. Like, yeah, this I have. <laughs> The will, this belongs to us. And Boba's like, I don't care about what your tablet says. I'm the Danyo here. Um, so that's kind of a, a to be continued mm-hmm. um, because uh, we go from here to another flashback to sequence. But before we do that, why don't we take a break and give you a chance to hear from our sponsors? We'll be right back. This episode of Death Watch is brought to you by Skull Square Design Company. If you're a fan of Boba Fett, The Mandalorian, and the Star Wars universe as a whole, be sure to check out our shop for some great gifts for you and your family. Whether you're perusing the bazaar in Black Spire Outpost, or showing your allegiance to Kylo Ren in the First Order, we have great gifts for you to enjoy. Check out our shop when we reopen January 17th, or find us on Instagram and TikTok at Skull Squared. That's Skull with a C. As in, see y'all real soon. And we're back. So as discussed, we, we go to another flashback to sequence. Uh, we, we cut to um, Boba is back with his tribe, his chieftains. 
um, or his uh, his Tuscans. They're kind of teaching him how to fight with a gaffy stick. Um, it, it's he's still got the the plain wooden stick, but he they're they're showing him how to hold it right. It kind of reminded me of like well, when the Klingons use their like curved uh, like whatever traditional Klingon weapon. This is also a traditional like cultural weapon that doesn't you know hold the same way like a sword or whatever. So they keep uh, communicating to each other you know, through the, their sign language, the way that Mando did uh, in the previous season two of, of the Mandalorian. Um, and he keeps, you know, Boba's like trying to learn, but he's also like, I'm, I'm doing it. And the, the chieftain keeps kind of like slapping his hand. He's like, no, you got to hold it here. And they, they keep going through sequences until they get it right. Um, and then they kind of hear something off in the distance and everybody like runs off to something that they seem to expect. And in this moment, I don't know what you thought was about to happen, but I, I was waiting for like a, like a crate, crate dragon. dragon. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought crate dragon's going to start because we get this big view of a, a portion of the Dune Sea. And I'm just waiting for, you know, the ripples in the sand to come across. But uh, all of a sudden, like a blaster bolt just comes flying over and hits a Tuscan next to Boba. And this like high speed hover train is like zooming by. Um, and <laughs> the guys on this train have like insane marksmanship they're moving incredibly fast and and they're hitting yards away yeah and they're hitting these raiders who are like mostly covered by a a dune of sand um it makes me wonder how like assistive the weaponry is in aiming like is it like i don't know know, man like is it it, totally up on someone to just hold it shoulder mounted and, and nail it are they does the weapon kind of help you aim? It'd be interesting. Um, so this is actually a pretty rough moment for this tribe that Boba's with because like six or seven guys get shot. Uh, they try to fire back and hit a few of the guys on the train, um, but it, it kind of zooms by, keeps going. They uh, they all they kind of take their dead back to the camp. Boba assists them in doing that. They have their like ceremonial burning of the of the dead. Just kind of also a callback to, I guess not really, but when um, in A New Hope, when Obi-Wan is like burning the, the Jawas who were killed and it, it just it reminded me of that same type of like, this is a common burial ritual in the deserts of Tatooine. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, fr- from here, Boba kind of goes over to the chieftain and he does like, again, the, 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 the hand, the sign language, he said, I will take out the train and he asks for a gaffy stick and a blaster and they give it to him. Uh, cause he's kind of proven his trust trustworthiness already. Yeah. It's um, a big deal to go from, we, you know, you were our slave and now we're going to let you out into the desert and the gaffy, it, you know, the, even if, though the gaffy stick that he has is like one of those, um, you know, training type weapons, they give him one of the, the cycler rifles, which is also like a prized possession of the of the Tuscan Raiders. So they're putting a tremendous amount of trust in him to do whatever it is that he's about to do. Yeah. Uh, so he takes those. It's now nighttime. It was it was light earlier when the train first came by. It's dark now. He takes the weapons and just starts to walk in the desert and not towards anything in particular that, that we can see. Uh, and after a, a cut scene, he comes to some lights in the distance and then comes to like we, they they cut ahead to this cantina. There's this couple there. They're trying to enjoy date night. Uh, I'm sure I swear, it was tough. Honey, this place ha- had like three stars, three four stars on Yelp. I didn't know yeah. this was gonna happen. The, you could tell she was getting ready to Karen this this restaurant. It's like we have. I paid good money, and these Excuse people, me, sir, we made a reservation two weeks in advance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, they they don't have a good night. Um, these the guys who are, apparently were on the, the train. Um, so that's what we're led to believe in the moment. They are uh, kind of doing whatever they want in this bar. They t- they take the guys to drink. No, He's this clearly is the irritated. Same, this is the same group that we see in the previous episode where uh, Kimmel's nephew or whatever uh, yeah. takes Boba and the tr- and the, uh, and the oh, dude. This is a different group. This is like a God, biker gang. I, that this, didn't connect with me at yeah, first. They're, they're the equivalent of like a you know like a. Oh, grunt I love gang. that. Yeah. So, because the 
we talked about last week. Why was that scene there? Yeah, they just exactly. we go over, see them mess up this house, and then they drive away. And exactly. we're like, that was kind of dumb. If it wasn't in addition to the fact that they're dudes on swoop bikes, the uh, little logo, the you know, the graffiti that the, they the put JJ. on the building is the same markings on their bikes. Yeah, it's I, like the J.J. Abrams logo that we wish J.J. Abrams had done the whole trilogy, <laughs> not just. I, I could, I got it. It was very deep. Uh, it was a, it was a deep. It was, it was they buried it, but I got it. <laughs> J, J.J. was here. Yeah. yeah. So it's those guys. Uh, so we see him uh, making quick work of these dudes, of these thugs, and. Um, now I get it. Yeah, so exactly. that, that they're 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 planted there in the previous episode just so they can be here, beaten up by Boba Fett. Yeah, we get a yeah. cool little bar fight sequence. Because um, reminder, this is an old western still, apparently, uh, a gangster western or something. Um, a wanks? No, never mind. Um, nope. So <clears throat> we he he beats them all up and he like kind of daisy chains the swoop bikes. Yeah, and, and drives them all back. Why, why, why take one when I can take them all? Yeah, I was like, "Oh, that's cool. He's he's going to get his own bike, so now he doesn't have to like walk around." And then he's got all of them. He gets back to the tribe, and um, and they immediately start to like tear apart the swoop bikes because <laughs> they like they have this like scavenger nature about them, right? Like mm-hmm. they they don't have they don't use the technology of the cultures around them. They have their own traditions and ways. Yeah, they will like pull things apart and use them for their own purposes. And Bob was like, no, 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 no. The, well, first he's like, these are mine. He's like kind of almost like childish about it. These are my bikes. Don't break them. He's like, we are going to work together to get the train. And yeah. um, which was kind of like a cool little moment to, to circle them all together. So now Boba's playing uh, how to train your Tuscans. Oh, and he's yeah. teaching them teaching them how to how to ride without you know with the training wheels off so to speak i love the fact the fact the first one like there's the one like warrior champion of the tuscan raiders and she's part of the group who's there learning how to ride and then he steps off and he asks for a volunteer and then like she looks immediately at him like kyle go you (laughs) you go you test it out and he's like so uh so unsure of himself yeah, of, of of how to write it that he immediately starts going backwards. Yeah, um, it's a great little just like montage of learning how to ride the swoop bikes, very similar to how Mando had the montage of how to ride the blurg. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just keep going through these sequences of going slow, going faster. They they start to practice how to jump off of the moving swoop bike onto yeah. another swoop bike, um, all kind of foreshadowing the you know what's going on um but uh so they they continue to practice at one point he's like we need to go faster because the train goes very fast um and uh so they eventually they've completed their quote training on how to hijack this train um and then they go for it and one i love that this has been like almost a recurring bit in some recent star wars content the in in solo that they they capture that um I think in the episode the, uh, the of The fuel. Mandalorian when he's in Ma- with Mayfeld and they're yeah. going to like the fuel depot, it's sort of like a train heist, except they were the ones protecting the vehicle and then all these pirates were the ones who were trying to, you know, jump on board. But still, it felt like uh, a good good homage to the old style Western. Actually, it's been alluded that this was a callback to the movie Lawrence of Arabia oh, yeah. from 1962. And the reason being is that the concept art shows everybody dressed in white uh, kind of like Lawrence of Arabia, and uh, they're they're also banding together. He's the outsider joining the locals so that they can hijack an armored train. Nice, I love that. Uh, there's a lot of reverence for like old cinema in some of these recent projects, so that's cool. They uh, you know they begin to take over the train. They kind of come up by the rear and then come alongside. Uh, one guy gets like shot right away, blows up the swoop bike. Uh, eventually get a couple of guys on the train um, and you know, traditional, they get them on top. They're running across the top of the train, hopping in between cars. Uh, eventually someone comes up. There's also like a booster sequence where the, uh, you know, the thing that 
speeds up or slows down. It's kind of weird how it seems like the booster only works like in sequences, almost like a turbocharge. Yeah. The 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 robot, uh, sorry, the droid that's driving the train, like keeps having to like recharge it, and you can kind of see like it felt like you know in video games where there's clearly like a thing built into the level you're playing to. Um, Make you go faster. Have, yeah, like a cyclical thing to to keep the, the level moving. It felt kind of like that, like, oh, you've got 10 seconds in between boosts to, to go recharge. take out a few. Yeah, something like that. I love um, how old, Ste- I love how steampunk the, the engine, like, despite all the advanced technology that they would have compared in Star Wars, they still have the one droid pulling all these knobs and levers and buttons, like, just to, just to get the train going. And it felt like this, like, almost comical sequence uh, just for this, it's like the the equivalent of the engineer just constantly shoveling coal into the into the train engine just to make it go faster. Yeah. Oh, I just thought of another train sequence in the Clone Wars when um, uh, Saj Ventress gets kind of cast out. She becomes a bounty hunter briefly. There's like that train heist where they eventually capture like a princess who's on the train. And anyway, so it's happened a lot. Um, oh, and in uh, in Fallen Order, like the opening. Oh yeah, that's right. Level, you're yeah, like running along a train. Yeah, that's um, true. So definitely happening a lot. It, it's, I mean, it's like built-in action. You don't even have to like think of the scene. It's like, well, it's a train. We're running and jumping on it. Like, what else? All we have is people shooting at you. And that's all we need. Um, it's always entertaining. Yeah. Um, Boba eventually gets into the the cockpit of the train. Again, like all the steampunky bells and whistles literally and then this like droid which just kind of goes crazy turning and spinning and has like nine arms that are punching a bunch of stuff uh who jumps out the window because he's yeets just out yeah he's (laughs) i'm out of here peace Um, you're on your own he dives out and the train he's he sabotaged the train it like kind of crashes um or he's i guess he's no he said it's overload or something and boba diffuses it and eventually kind of crashes into the ground, presumably because the like repulsor lift stopped working and it doesn't hover anymore. I appreciate um, how he uses his gaffy stick as a for leverage. As yeah. A, as a pun intended, fulcrum to <laughs> to be able to slow down the train. Not a code word. No, just fulcrum. literal just, just a literal fulcrum. actual physics called yeah. fulcrum. Um a lever arm if you will. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah and then we get the the group of people who are still like the whoever was on the train they're still there they get captured by the Tuscans and they're pikes they yeah. have like the the pike the mask that they wear with the like exaggerated features but some of them aren't wearing masks and they're like fish people yeah I didn't I didn't maybe I don't remember from from seeing their portrayal in the comics I I, I don't recall seeing a, a a pike without a mask on yeah they definitely um, you know they looked alien. If I remember correctly, but they didn't. They clearly didn't look like f- fish. But anyway, um, yeah, you're right. There was a lot of a lot more of them, and uh, so Bobo's like he's sitting. He's sitting very like mob bossy. In, yeah, in they wreckage. set up like a little throne out of the, the wreckage, <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "Okay, which one of you is the leader?" And eventually, the leader stands up, and he's like the most leaderly looking one of the pikes. Like he's the one in. Right, the guy, the guy with the nice robe and the yeah. clear emblems on it. He obviously wasn't until he mentioned that he was the leader. And he had the red mask. Like, it's like, duh, that's the guy. <laughs> Whatever. Unless yeah. it was like Padme's uh, decoy person. Yeah. And he's like, oh, and I know I look like uh, it's actually this ragamuffin over here. He's yeah, actually was, our leader. Ragamuffin. I was half hoping for like an, an I am Spartacus moment where all of a sudden like, <laughs> I am the leader. No, I am the leader. No, I am Spartacus. Yeah. Yeah, so I I find it interesting though that that they're pikes period, because we had talked about we had we had uh, conjectured, you know who of the crime families were were still around. Mm-hmm. It couldn't have been Crimson Dawn, um, and we knew that the Pike Syndicate was involved since the Clone Wars and hang you know involved with with Darth Maul. But after Maul fell, you know Pikes could still run their own business, and they were sure, and evidently they are. Yep. And uh, I like how Boba knows who they are, and he knows what they're involved in, which is primarily Spice. And the leaders, leader of the group is like, what, what is that? What is Spice? And literally a, ba- a box just opens in front of them and dust. Yeah. Just, oh, you just, mean that? 
that 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 right yeah. there yep oh uh, oh that's that's a baking soda it was a a good like a cool callback to a couple of other star wars projects in solo the pikes mm-hmm. are running the spice mines of kessel yeah um and and uh the last season of the clone wars when ahsoka gets engaged with those like um smuggler girls they are working with the pikes to the move Mar- spice the Martez, as well yeah the Martez yeah. sisters yeah the one the, from puerto rico right um S- space puerto rico space yeah space rico so um they yeah so that was cool and then like this negotiation is interesting too because boba is like we're not in, in, in that moment it was like okay he's gonna kill all these guys they're gonna take the junk from the train and then move on but he's, he's like I'm gonna negotiate with you a, uh, a a passage through these ceremonial lands which the Tuscan Raiders clay uh, lay claim to um, you will pay them they will sort of protect this corridor and you'll be allowed passage through and they even say this like line I didn't realize like I thought we were just work like you were just savages. I didn't realize you were like Organized. real real people, really. I mean, that's yeah. what he's getting at. He's like, I didn't think you were people worth having a conversation with. Um I feel like there's A, there's something a little bit bigger there than just like Pikes and Tuscan Raiders, but um not like judging a book by its cover and yeah. realizing that especially this comes up all the time with the Tuscans, that they they're grunting and yelling and in ways always turn people off and in a way that's like, oh, they're not, they're not civilized, but they really are. And through Boba's negotiations, they make this connection for them and set them up with some business and give them some respect. Um, so that was a pretty cool moment. And then we cut back. The last part of this flashback to is back at the village. They're kind of like, um, well, initially celebrating the the deal that they've made and the the ridding of the problem with the train um and the chieftain gives him this box um the the subtitles come up because the conversation between them is important a lot of times it's just grunting and hand gestures and you're meant to uh you know sort of figure out what's implied in it but he actually there's some subtitles here gives them this gives him this gift um which is a cool little box. All right, cool. That's fine. Yeah. Opens it up and there's a lizard. He's like, oh, cool. Just, a lizard. Just a, just a lizard. You know, no big deal. And um, I, uh, <laughs> I I, want to appreciate the fact that it's like literally just a lizard. The same thing with the rat in the beginning of the episode. They did not, They just got a rat. They just like got a little green animal and like, yep, Star Wars. Right. Like, They're shooting in California. They just went outside and like found a lizard on the show, on the lot, studio <laughs> lot. Here. Brought it, put him in a box. Absolutely. I bet there's. I bet if we dig into the the credits of the show, there's there's a lizard wrangler and a lizard <laughs> trainer, and like this lizard is part of like a trained. I'm not kidding. That there that lizard was definitely more than just a lizard yeah. in a box. It, it's a trained lizard, and He's there were jumping. two two people on staff who were in charge of that lizard. He has his own agent. He's actually part of a of a lizard union or a union of like reptilian actors. Yeah. Um, oh man, that's gold. Yeah, cold blooded. So he, <laughs> so he, the, the the chieftain he he pre, um, he proceeds it with, uh, "You've been a guide to us. Now this is your guide." And I appreciate that. Uh, Boba's like, "Oh, a lizard," and he's like, he doesn't look at it weird. He says, "Thanks." Like yeah. he just appreciates it because it a gift is a gift, and um, but then the lizard uh, jumps inside his nose. Yeah, for some reason, but reminded me of those lizard. those like worm creatures from the Clone Wars that like yeah take over. They took over one of the Jedi Padawans um, and a bunch of other clones and other people. Yeah. It reminded me of that kind of like mind controly type thing. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the chief. I thought this was like f- for medicinal purposes. He he gets a little bit of sand and like throws it in his face, and then I realize it's just a bait and switch. It's just to distract him while the lizard jumps inside of his nose. Like here, uh, uh. yeah, yeah. And then yeah. it kind of like sets him on this like dream sequence, like uh, spice dream. <laughs> yeah, um, where he's clearly like 
tripping out in, in some way, seeing visions of stuff. He finds a tree, which, you know, we we were talking last week about there's been a couple of pieces of wood that were like, where are these pieces of wood coming from? Um, there's like a couple of flashbacks in there too from his younger life. There's mm -hmm. kid Boba on Camino looking out the window and seeing Slave One fly away, yeah. which for a second I was like, oh, this dream is going to bring him to Slave One and he's going to find his ship. That doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then uh, he eventually does find this tree and he's kind of like, like the tree kind of cl closes in on him. He grabs yeah. something and then he, eventually he, you find he rips off a large branch. Yeah, um, this, this whole sequence was, I think, uh, him trying to conquer fear. Mm -hmm. You know, fear of like losing his dad at a young age and uh, the fear that he had to have had when he was being digested by the Sarlacc. Yeah. You know, like how the branches were, were encroaching him and then the branches became the spikes or tentacles, yeah. Tentacles, whatever of the thing. But, um, only reason why he survived is because he had to conquer those fears. Yeah. And, uh, um, I also think, um, the ocean, the waves of the ocean also represented like the deep history of Tatooine because, you know, mm. in, in Star Wars lore, like thousands and thousands of years prior or millennia prior, um, Tatooine was actually covered in water. Yeah. It and wasn't so, always a desert planet. Yeah. Yeah. And then something happened where all the water evaporated. So I don't know. It might be. It's a, probably the Rakatan people. They they kind of messed up worlds a couple tens of thousands of years ago. Yeah, possibly. Um, so he emerges from the dream and comes back to the tribe with this like stick of wood. Um, and they 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 t say something to him like, "Did you get the stick or something like that?" And mm -hmm. he he presents it to them. And it, at that point, it became pretty clear to me what this was was about. Um, it actually, reminded me too of the. The Padawans like search for um, the kyber, kyber crystals. Yeah, yeah. It's like it requires some sort of effort from you, uh, a rite of passage, so to speak, to get the thing that means something to you. Um, so he gets this wood stick and begins to make his own gaffy stick, which was cool to see, like the construction and see how it was made, um, because it. I don't know. I just never considered how it was made. There's a lot of like symbolism here, mm -hmm. and not um, just not just symbolism, but also ceremony. Mm -hmm. You know the uh, the fact that uh, I it's very unlike the armor that we saw in the Mandalorian, where yeah, you present the material, but then you know you sit with the armor, and the armor does the work. Uh, I guess with the Tusken Raiders, you present the material, but you forge it. Like you'll have help from a master crafter. Uh, but you're involved with the majority of the process, and yeah, um, it's like a it's like a lightsaber for the Jedi, yeah. like because they, yeah. they literally were picking out the components and customizing it to their own, you know, personality and making it themselves. So. I was uh, I've been I've been replaying uh, the original uh, Knights of the Old Republic, and I'm and part of that part of the game where they're actually talking about the Tusken Raiders, mm -hmm. and um, evidently the Gaffy Stick is basically an identifier for each individual Tusken Raider because they're so. Uh, custom built or so unique mm -hmm. that in the game uh, it's been said that when bounty hunters are, are sent to collect uh, uh, or rather than to hunt down the Tusken Raiders you you just come back with their gaffy stick as proof of, of the kill yeah so it's like you know there's no way a Tusken Raider would would uh, part with their gaffy stick willingly so uh, it, the fact that he's crafting this and and he's being it's sort of his part of the uh ritual or the ceremony or whatever of, of being included in the tribe like and this is his which you wonder when we first see when boba fett reappears in the mandalorian he's got the gaffy stick and like did he find it did he i think some people just assumed that you know he killed the tuscan raider and then he took his weapon but it's pleased pleasing to see that he earned it he yeah, and like not just earned it, like he made it himself. Yeah, he yeah. made it himself, yeah. So I think that's that was very interesting. It was cool, the, little, the, the sequence of the making of it, um, another little montage going to the different parts and carving certain pieces, um, even just like the flourishes around like the, the flat part with the spike, like mm -hmm. it was a custom pattern. He's like, you know, he's woodworking it. He's got tools that are specific to making different parts of it. The other tribesmen come and help him put different components on it. There's like a sword part um, yeah. that they add on to the stick. Um, it was really, I mean, actually, 
part of the sequence reminded me of the Fallen Order, again, the, the video game where you keep coming to these workbenches throughout the game yeah. to customize your lightsaber. It even had like the two little like prongs mm -hmm. that he laid his stick in to like work on as he carved, same way it has in the game. Yeah. That was kind of cool. The uh, the Gaffy stick is actually based off of a real weapon. Uh, I think we've talked about this before, but it has been confirmed that it's, I think I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it correctly, the Totokia, which is almost, it looks identical to the Gaffy stick, maybe just a little bit shorter. Mm -hmm. um, but I really, I really like that they're basing this off of uh, something off of the real heritage, the Polynesian heritage of Tamora Morrison. Yeah. And uh, even the, the ceremony, the process of it and how he like, you know, in like in the next scene, for instance, where he meets up with the tribe and they, and they're together around the fire and they start doing the, it's almost like the Hakka um, uh, traditional uh, Polynesian dance. Mm -hmm. which Tamora Morrison has done before, like on set. Um, I, I I feel like this whole sequence, every time we've seen the Tusken Raiders, is like indig indigenous people, indigenous uh, families. They have a deep, rich history. They're meant to be respected. They're not meant to be feared. And it's trying to be a lot more inclusive of their story in the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, just a cool way to finish this episode with him being kind of formally accepted into the tribe through this ceremony, um, the ritual dance around the fire. Um, yeah, it was just kind of, you know, it was neatly poetic uh, in the way that they did it. Um, so that brings us to another segment of how to be a better boss lessons from Boba Fett. Um, so Chris, there's a couple of points. Um, I think we're excited about this segment so we've, yeah. we came up with a lot more than we had last time so earlier in the episode we we, we hear from uh um the huts is that running a family is more complicated than bounty hunting which we take from that like running a business is harder than just doing your job you know boba to be one of the best at bounty hunting but running the organization is much higher uh much higher calling much more difficult requires much more focus and it should just be a reminder of those aspiring to sort of entrepreneurship because it's cool or, you know, it's the thing of the day. Um, it's, it's a lot more challenging than just doing your job. Yeah. And it's important to know, you know, what, what to do in terms of doing it, doing the work on your own versus taking a step back, being a leader and, uh, and delegating work, which I saw, you know, very briefly when uh, Boba walks back out into the, uh, into the street when the Hut twins are approaching. He tells Fennec, you know, watch my back. You know, there's certain things that he has to do. He has to be the face of the company, the face of the brand. Uh, but he relies on his people to always have his back and support him wherever wherever he needs it. Yeah. Uh, another point here was it's important to have a succession plan in place. Mm -hmm. um, not only for how your criminal organization is run in, in the case of you being choked out in the desert, by a half-clothed princess, but yeah, that's no excuse not to have your papers in order. Exactly, but not just having a plan, but uh, raising up a, a next generation of leaders behind you yeah. before you retire is important. Mm -hmm. uh, when meeting with your competitors, it's always important to be firm but respectful. Uh, like, for instance, the conversation that he had when he met up with the mayor, um, and also with the Hut twins. You know, he was, he stood his ground. He didn't result to insults. Uh, we also came to back up his claims with facts. When Fennec uh, scoffs at the uh, Order of the Nightwind, she understands the, uh, the uh, idea of overvaluing your brand. You know, brand name doesn't always mean good quality. And you want to make sure that your uh, brand matches your reputation in the marketplace. Right. She clearly says you uh, you overpay for what you get. Um, yeah. That's not something you want to have a reputation for in the marketplace. Yeah, just because you slap Supreme on a sweatshirt doesn't justify the mark like a 10x markup, but whatever. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Although I guarantee you that Disney is doing that by slapping a boba on a t-shirt and charging 10x for it. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, he's respectful of the culture of others. It's, it's very important. Uh, and he's gracious to accept the gifts of others. Uh, for instance, like uh, 
uh, the, the lizard, you know, he didn't scoff at it. He, he looked at it with appreciation, said thank you. Uh, even though it was the kind of gift that burrows inside of your brain, uh, he still accepted it willingly. Uh, this leads to stronger ties with your allies. And it's, it's always good to, uh, to, have, so, to have strong ties. Mm -hmm. And um, always extend trust to your employees who've uh, earned your trust in the past. Like for instance, the chieftain, uh, he's a good example of this. He yeah. let Boba the weapons that he needed. He let him go off, you know, to hunt down whatever it is that he needed to hunt down. Uh, because he proved his trustworthiness in the past with the uh, Mortal Kombat Sand Beast and uh, Kimmel Jr. So, yep. You know. So, Mike, what do you think uh, we should be expecting in the next episode? What are your predictions? Well, um, I think we're definitely going to get some more look at the uh, the conflict between Boba and the Huts. Yeah. Um, whether that comes directly with them or through some of their intermediaries like uh, Chunky. Or some other <laughs> some other bounty hunters that they've employed. Yeah, yeah. This is that that'll definitely be interesting to see. Uh, I personally think uh, we're gonna see some sort of resolution with the uh, Tuscan tribe. Um, it could either mm. end with some sort of a tragedy because yeah. you know the first time we see Boba in recent history in the Mandalorian, he was by himself. So could this mean that he loses the tribe, or? If so, if not, then maybe he just, you know, parted ways with them peacefully. And in later on in the season, maybe they'll rally to him to help him out in some capacity. Yeah. Um, it's a good point because he, he is alone at, at, that, at that point. And then he meets Fennec and then he kind of moves on with the story is where we found it now. But it's unclear as to whether he was still kind of part of the tribe or if he, you know, was a lone survivor. Yeah. Um, Finally, you know, we keep talking about it, but I really cannot wait to get the Slave One back yeah. into rotation or whatever it it's again. whatever it's called now, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, or I forget what they renamed it to, <laughs> Starfire or something. Um, it, uh, uh, I okay. Chitty anyway, Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? They yeah, renamed, I do know what you're talking it's about. It's like yeah, I think yeah. maybe they renamed it to Firestorm or something. Yeah, the Fire Spitter. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I think we could see it as part of like a trip to Nalhada. If mm -hmm. as Boba's trying to address this conflict with the Huts, he could yeah. go to their planet to kind of confront them directly. Yeah. Um, so that should be. And then obviously Mace Windu, he's going to show up at some point. So obviously. just we need to keep that. Yeah. Keep no, you guys happening. reminded of it. That's happening. So that's all for this episode. Thank you for joining us. If you like this episode, please subscribe, share, and write a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at Deathwatch Podcast, on TikTok at DeathWatchCast, and you can also email us at DeathWatchPodcast at gmail.com. You can also find our podcast merch at Etsy.com slash shop slash DeathWatchPodcast. Thanks for listening. This is the way. This is the way.